Hello and welcome to our Secular Overeaters podcast series, where you'll hear from speakers who have found recovery from food and other addictions without God. For additional information, go to secularovereaters.org. And now let's get to today's podcast. The purpose of this group is to discuss the 12 steps, one at each meeting, and to share our personal experiences with this step or anything related to the theme of the step. Many of us are inspired by the 12-step approach, but find that some of the original language and concepts don't align with our personal beliefs. During this meeting, we will read several different interpretations of the steps and discuss, as the varied individuals we all are, what makes sense to us and what helps our recovery. As always, please take what you like and leave the rest. This group does allow crosstalk, but please make sure it's supportive. We'll start by reading the Freethinker Alternative 12 Steps for Overeaters. Please take a turn reading a step or two and say pass when you're finished. So who would like to help us read these steps? Melissa, go for it, please. Okay, step one, we admitted we were powerless over food, that our lives had become unmanageable. Step two, came to believe and to accept that we needed strengths beyond our awareness and resources to restore us to sanity. Kate. Step three, made a decision to entrust our will and our lives to the care of the collective wisdom and resources of those who have searched before us. Step four, made a searching and fearless moral inventory of ourselves. Thank you, Kate. Danny. Step five, admitted we were admitted to ourselves without reservation and to another human being, the exact nature of our wrongs. Step six, we're ready to accept help in letting go of all our defects of character. Thank you, Danny. Judy. Step seven, with humility and openness, sought to eliminate our shortcomings. Step eight, made a list of all persons who had harmed, we had harmed, and became willing to make amends to them all. Thank you, Judy. Jill? Step nine, made direct amends to such people whenever possible, except when to do so would injure them or others. Step 10, continued to take personal inventory, and when we were wrong, promptly admitted it. Thank you, Jill. Step 11, sought through meditation to improve our spiritual awareness and our understanding of the OA way of life and to discover the power to carry out that way of life. And step 12, having had a spiritual awakening as a result of these steps, we tried to carry this message to compulsive eaters and to practice these principles in all of our affairs. This month, since it's May, we will be discussing step five from the alternative steps handout. We will be reading eight versions of the step. The OA traditional, free thinker, Buddhist, Cleveland atheist, humanist, practical, proactive, and SOS secular organization for sobriety versions. Please take a turn reading a version of step five and say pass when you are finished. And there's step five. So Beth M, if you'd start us off, that'd be great. I'm Beth. I'm a compulsive overeater. Traditional OA, admitted to God, to ourselves, and to another human being, the exact nature of her wrongs. Danny? Uh, Freethinker, admitted to ourselves without reservation and to another human being, the exact nature of our wrongs. Don? I'm on Buddhist, right? Yep. Admitted to ourselves and another human being, the exact moral nature of our past. Thank you. Uh, Carolina? Cleveland, we'll talk to another person about our exact nature. Mercy F? Humanist. We ask our friends to help us avoid those situations. Thank you. Let's see. I think we're up to Linda. Practical. Shared our list with a trustworthy person. And Melissa? 
Proactive, I explore these patterns and describe them to another person, noticing the healing power of compassionate listening. Thanks, Melissa. One more person to read the SOS version for us. This is Wendy. SOS, I admit to myself, and if I choose to another person or persons, the exact nature of the negative, injurious aspects of my thinking and behavior. I explore the goodness within myself, the positive, courageous, and compassionate. Great. Thank you. All right. We are now open for discussion about these steps. What does step five mean to you? And what are your impressions of the different versions we just read? Please raise your hand when you're ready for a turn. And please allow everyone a chance to talk before speaking again. Who would like to begin? I, um, what step five means to me is I never believed the God part, but talking to another person about whatever is troubling me has always been very, a very effective way. Moving through it, it, it might take several people in several sessions because I, I might get a little piece of it at the at a time, but eventually just, and, and also sharing at meetings is a form of step five for me. Mm-hmm. And each time I hear myself talk, Sometimes what I'm saying is new to me. I didn't know it was going to come out of my mouth, but it does. And it's a revelation. (laughs) And that's so I realized, oh, so that's what I think. or That's what I feel. And then I can take the next baby step in moving through it. Thank you. Thank you, Mercy. Uh, Maria. Uh, Good morning. I'm Maria. I'm a compulsive overeater. I think the most powerful thing in all of this is admitted to ourselves. I just, I mean, I'm just still working step four, but it's just this like amazing thing of like just how deluded I can be around like what's going on or like what, why I feel a certain way or what I think about a situation or what I think about the other person. And, and it's like, oh wait, am I really being honest with myself? And so, and I feel like that's really hard because sometimes I don't really don't like, I just want to be right. Sometimes I just want to be right, you know, and, and being right doesn't mean that I'm like, right. Um, and, um, and so that just feels like, the most, you know, I, I mean, I, I just, I'm just, I'm still in step four, but um, the more I think about this, just the more stunned I am with the ways in which I can tell myself stories that maybe are half truths or, 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 or not accurate or are missing important parts of the story. Um, and I was much happier when I was able to do that. Um, and it's pretty hard to sit with the as things begin to become a little bit more clear, pass. Thank you, Maria. Beth M. With me, I start with the idea of in step four, I'm not looking for character defects. In step four, I was looking for defense mechanisms that weren't working for me anymore. And then I went from that to looking for patterns of behavior from defense mechanisms. And both when I did my initial step four and step five, and then in subsequent ones, what I was looking for was not saying, these are the wrong things I've done, but saying, this is what's going on. I need a reality check from another person. And to me, step five is being able to take what I've learned in step four and run it past another person. Our husband already said in the meeting, maybe several other people and get my reality check, look for what behaviors haven't worked for me in the past. Which ones do I need to make amends for? What do I need to do? But more than that, I'm looking for a reality check out of stuff. Thanks. 
Thank you, Beth. Judy H. I'm already going wow for the wisdom that is being spoken before me. So thank you to everybody on that. I have learned a lot already. But um, I think ultimately where I'm settling on this is um, with the Buddhist admitted to ourselves another human being, the exact moral nature of our past. And I say that because one of the things I have said about step four is as important as it was for me to find those behaviors and places where I was wrong, it was equally important for me to find the places where I had been successful, where I was, uh, where I could say, hey, I did that right. I was a good person. I was this or that. And so I like within um, the Buddhist, both that admitted to ourselves uh, so that we found honesty with ourselves we got real with ourselves and um but then we also talked to somebody else and said okay you know what this is where i was wrong this is where and wrong doesn't necessarily mean that i did something wrong although it does many times because you know i'm not perfect but also means this is where my thinking was wrong um, I accepted uh, shame and blame for something that I didn't do because every aspect is here. There are mistakes I made where I did actively harm someone. There are mistakes I made where I harmed myself by bad thinking. And, um, and then there are places where I did the right thing, where I helped myself or I helped someone else. All of that came out of my step four and continues to come out of my looking back on things. So, Step five solidifies it. You tell someone and now it's real and it, it exists out in the universe. So, you know, the truth is out there and that's a good thing. I have no idea if I made sense, but thank you. And I pass. Thank you, Judy. Valerie. Hi. For me, I took step five, I think, um, pretty literal. I, I, there were things in my past that um, I am ashamed of and being able to talk about that openly. And I did it with two people and feel that their, their compassion regarding it helped me heal from it in, in quite a big way. It's not something I can make an amends for, but something that I was never proud of and something that, you know, I don't know, in the old days, this is going to cause you to go to hell or whatever it was, you know, but um, yeah, I think for step five, the important part was understanding that other people can be compassionate about your faults and that you aren't always being judged by everybody. And with that, I'll pass. Thank you, Valerie. Melissa, please. Hi, everybody. Um, So when I was in traditional OA, step four and step five really rubbed me the wrong way because it was really focused on negativity and that didn't work for me um, in the sense that I had already been very, very negative with myself. But of all of these versions, I really like the proactive um, version because exploring these patterns uh, and then talking about them with someone else has been extremely helpful for me. I love coming to meetings and hearing what other people have to say about noticing patterns in themselves and being able to talk through my own patterns because before 
they were opaque to me. I did not recognize them for the self-destructive patterns that they were. And so being able to talk about them with someone else has helped me and uh, also write about them. That's been a very effective tool for me. And then I also really like the SOS just because it talks about exploring the goodness as well as the negativity. And um, over the my course of three years in OA, I've really come to see humanity as just, you know, not judgmental about what, who we are as humans and to shine that same light on myself, like, okay, so I've had all these behaviors that I am, um, that I wish that I could change and that I never wish that I had started these addictive behaviors with food, but that is just human nature. And so if I can look at them with equanimity, then I can begin to change them. I pass. Thank you. Thank you, Melissa. Danny. Hi, thanks for taking the meeting. Um, of anyone, everyone who does service here. Um, yeah, I'm. I've been around OA for twenty years. Um, I've had very little real sobriety. I've been a kind of um, spectator. Um, but a few months ago, um, my wife got, got ill and had a scare, and I decided to get back into it a bit more seriously. <laughs> And in the last month, I found Secular Away, and it's opened up a whole new thing for me about it. And I feel really attracted to the whole thing. It's so, so, and, and it's perfect for me because I'm just such a rebel. So this is like a rebellious, I see this as a slightly rebellious arm of OA in the 12-step program. Yeah, I, I've, I, I really like the, these readings, um, this all secular step discussion guide, and, and I like a lot of these things. So for example, the Buddhist one, I really, I like that, where they, uh, you know, the exact moral nature of our past, which includes everything. Um, and it, it and it's entirely up to us what we even understand by morality. And then I also like the uh, the proactive idea about exploring these patterns. I also really enjoyed the previous shares, like the idea of calling it defense mechanisms, or or the other thing I use is, is coping mechanisms, um, as opposed to character defects. And I really also like the idea, you know, I've heard many, sometimes I think to myself about what people speak about working the steps and I haven't worked the steps for many, many years. And I haven't, I am at the moment working the steps. So I don't really know what it even means, but I am reading around the steps with my, um, with my OA sponsor. But I like the idea that, you know, that, that actually the steps are kind of, you, you, you can be working them every day. And uh, I like the idea, I never thought of it before, that step five is off, you can do in meetings that someone else mentioned. I never thought of that. That, that and I'm sharing, I'm sharing it in front of myself and other people. Then that, that's really sort of part of step five as you go. Um, so I really like that. I, I like the, yes, yeah, so I like the proactive one. I explore these pat- patterns and describe them to another person, noticing the healing power of compassionate listening. Yeah, that's really great. And I really, really, and talking about that, I, I, you know, I, I think that we, we do that, or I do that when I contact other people in the program. Um, you know, I, there's a couple of people in the program that I just happen to have clicked with and I speak to fairly regularly and I do, and I really, really enjoy, and I'm good at it, you know, compassionate listening. And I enjoy 
also being listened to compassionately. And then the, then the SOS one I also thought was good. I admit to myself, if I choose to another person, uh, the, the exact nature of the negative injurious aspect of my thinking, and then the goodness within myself, the positive, courageous, and compassionate. And I also find that when I share with certain people, or do outreach with certain people, that we have this kind of uh, balance of, of, you know, admitting what's not going so well and noticing and sharing with each other and pointing out to each other actually yeah there's some pretty good stuff going on as well so i will leave it there thanks thank you kate m hi i'm kate and i have a food addiction i've been reading the proactive book this year for my first time and so i sometimes when we read on in these monthly meetings when we read through them i i think oh i wonder if i like the proactive just because i'm reading that book and i find other um versions that i actually like as well but in this case i really do like the proactive version i love um the idea of um exploring patterns um and getting away from for me getting away from the moral aspect of traditional OA is is very very helpful because uh, um i can i can be i can go to an, an extreme i mean in general hard on myself um, and I can go to an extreme in terms of, of, of really drawing out areas where I, I need to make amends um, and wallowing in that. And, and so I like the idea of patterns and, and seeing, uh, looking for those and exploring those. Uh, and then the idea of having to describe them to another person means you've had to put some thought into it to be able to articulate them. And then I love the noticing the healing power of compassionate listening, because sometimes I feel I, I have love hate relationships with the sponsor concept and noticing the healing power of compassionate listening to me is, is sort of saying the sponsor doesn't have to have the solution to everything. Being able to compassionately listen is a skill. And so this is giving someone an opportunity to practice that. And um, it's a gift. And so your sponsor or whomever you share with is giving you something. But they don't need to fix you. They don't need to have the therapeutic solutions for you or anything like that. And so, yeah, I like it. It's helpful to see these others, but I'm... I'm with the proactive this time, and that's all I've got. Thanks for letting me share. Great. Wendy S. Hello, everybody. This is my first time at this meeting. I'm so happy to be here, and um, I recognize some of you. And um, I, uh, it's interesting that we all have different takes on these steps. This, the idea of admitting uh, that I've done anything wrong just wants me to run for the hills. And some of you may have grown up in similar households where you have to be perfect all the time. And admitting that I was wrong is just anathema. And um, so uh, perfect timing that I should come to this meeting today to talk about this. And I had small incident with my son's wife yesterday. And I'm finally, it was a misunderstanding about dates and where I want to, and I misunderstood a date, but where I want to go, I would like to tell you how awful she is and it's her fault. But, and, and I realize now I just misunderstood a date, but that's where I go is, is like, you know, this is the end of the world. Okay. I'm never going to see my son again. 
and it's just catastrophizing and this whole, because I, I just can't stand the thought of calling and apologizing. And uh, I really would like to tell you how awful she is and, and expiate my, my mistake here. So super helpful. Thanks for being here. Pass. Thank you, Mindy. Jill S., please. When I think of this step, I think um, the benefit to me was when I was going through step four, it was all about a list. So um, it was pretty easy for me to come up. Who did I harm? Oh, yeah. You know, here's Mary. And we had that big fight. And now I'm not talking to her. And it's very succinct. And I don't need to really tell myself the story because I kind of know it in shorthand version. Um, for step five, it was, you really have to tell somebody the whole story. So you relive it and you talk about the details and it isn't just, um, the admission, but it's what happens after that. The other person will ask a question. Well, how old were you? Um, what was going on in your life? And it causes you to kind of think more broadly about what was going on and how that happened and what exactly were the details of things that you maybe could have done better. So um, I really, you know, I'm a basic person. I really like that word integrity because I think that's kind of the basis of this is really getting to the, all the details in as true a form as you can. So you can kind of from there kind of, try to figure out, okay, what do I do with that now? So I think the benefit of me for me was really taking each of those situations and getting another person's input and another person's uh, questions in order for me to get in more detail of what was going on. I pass. Thank you, Jill. We will now take turns reading different authors' insights on step five and then share our thoughts about those insights and interpretations. Again, please raise your hand when you're ready for a turn to read and say pass when you're done. Who would like to help us read through these, please? Don, go for it. Alan Berger. We learn the value of self-disclosure, authenticity, and healthy relationships. This step also continues to dismantle the false self and false pride and helps develop more humility and authenticity. Pass. Thank you, Don. Mercy. Martha Cleveland, step five is a way station. It's a place to offload painful memories that haunt and hurt, to leave behind things that hinder, hamper, or slow our journey. It's a place to repack other things that will make our lives safer, richer, happier, and more productive. Thank you, Mercy. Cindy. Stephanie Covington, the fifth step offers healing It shows us how to create a new kind of relationship with people. We make ourselves vulnerable and open, allowing ourselves to be seen for who we really are, maybe for the first time. Pass. Thank you, Cindy. Deborah. Deborah Mott. Communicating the information to ourselves in the form of a journal or to some other human being makes our moral self-searching into a concrete reality. Shame for ourselves is replaced by a sense of responsibility. We move from powerlessness to strength. Pass. Let's see. Kate? Therese Jacob-Stewart. When we admit our wrongs and receive the acceptance and kind understanding of another human being in the fifth step, 
we begin the healing into the depths of our addictive mind. Taking step five can be the start of cultivating loving compassion towards ourselves. Page 67. And Judy. Serge Prengel. What you gain is not just better conceptual understanding. You experience the healing power of compassionate listening. You have a sense of spaciousness and acceptance. Accepting what is gives you the capacity to change. Great. Thank you. Feel free to raise your hand if you want to um, talk about which of these maybe resonates the most with you or your experience with understanding this step. Melissa, please. Okay. Hi, everybody. I'll take a stab at it. Um, So I really like little bits of all of these. Um, What I highlighted with Alan Berger was authenticity. And with Martha Cleveland, um, I had a question mark by offloading painful memories because I'm not sure that's really possible, but I really like the, um, I mean, I I guess uh, for me anyways, I can ameliorate them but they're always with me. And, but I, what I really liked about the Martha Cleveland was the, um, a place to repack other things that will make our lives better. And indeed that has been really helpful for me in OA learning new skills and coming to believe different things. Um, with Stephanie Covington, I really liked the, a new kind of relationship. Uh, and I changed that instead of with people to myself, a new kind of relationship with myself, like not feeling ashamed um, about my uh, character defaults and learning them as coping mechanisms and being accepting of that. And then with Gabor Mate, I really liked um, the fact that he mentioned using a journal, because that's very helpful for me. And with Therese Jacob Stewart's, I liked the um, loving compassion towards ourselves. And then with Serge Prangle, I really liked the accepting. And then I added and learning what it is that gives you the capacity to change, because I can't accept it if I don't know what it is under the surface. So I loved a little bit of all of these. Thanks. Great. Thank you, Melissa. Judy H. Judy, uh, sugar addict, compulsive, and habitual overeater. I never remember to introduce myself. Sorry. What I liked, I, I had a lot of these really spoke to me, but there were two that really stood out for me. And one is Gabor Mate's comment that um, communicating the information to ourselves in the form of a journal or to some other human being makes our moral self-searching into a concrete reality. And that I absolutely believe um, that um, otherwise it's just these free floating thoughts in my head that show up and make me feel bad and then go away before I have time to recover from them. You know, it's, you know, just constant little gut punches from my brain until I do this. So, uh, you know, that, that really spoke to me. Uh, But I also really liked what Martha Cleveland had to say, because what I found for me, when I talked about uh, before the um, that this step four, step five process helped me find those places where my brain was wrong, but didn't do anything. I didn't do anything wrong, but my brain believed I did. And finding those places, um, offloading that side of the, the thought process, you know, this this still existed, but I now thought about it differently. 
so the memories were still there. They just don't haunt me anymore and they don't hurt me anymore. And I don't have the shame. I don't feel the guilt. Uh, and that is absolutely true. Um, my life just sped up once I, once I did steps four and five on those issues, everything about my life sped up, not just the program. So those are the two that really speak to how this progress has helped me. And with that, I will pass. Thank you. Mercy. Mercy compulsive eater. I, I did not find what I needed to hear from these comments, what I needed to be reminded of. And this is very much what the big book says. And I'm not a fan of the big book. It's very God-centered, Christian-centered, male-centered, and all that. But what it does constantly remind me of is the end goal is not to understand myself better. It's not to get insight. The end goal is to get myself in fighting form, so to speak, so that I can help other people recover from this disease through doing service. And I, one thing that keeps me from doing service is my reactions to other people. Step five is very helpful in helping me get over my reactions to other people because it's humbling. I have to admit that everything that I react to in other people, I have it in myself. And not only that, I'm willing to admit it. (laughs) So in the places where it's hard for me to give service, like sponsoring, that's always a challenge for me. Like I cannot serve on the board of my HOA because there's so many people I react to in my condos, things like that. Someday I would like to be the person who can just let everybody be who they are. And I'm an Al-Anon also to help with that and live and let live and be available for people to share with me or to do service with people who really used to get on my nerves. I mean, they still do. I'm not a saint yet, but um, my ultimate vision is that I will not react to other people's annoying traits as if they, they're doing it to get on my nerves. That I'll remember in the moment, this is not about me. They're just doing what they do. I'm okay. So of course, I've come a long way. I've been in the program 35 years. I've come a long way with that. Maybe I don't react outwardly as much as I used to, but I'm still not able to serve on my condo board. And I still don't sponsor as often as people ask me or as I think I should, because there are a lot of people who ask me, not a lot, there are people who ask me to sponsor them that I realize I am not going to be able to be this calm listener I am going to react to them because I've reacted to them in meetings. And it's not fair to them that I would say I'd be their sponsor if I know they get on my nerves. So that's what I, that's what I work on. Thank you. Thank you, Mercy. We do still have time. So who else would like to react to these interpretations of step five? Don, go for it. I'm Don, I'm a compulsive overeater and sugar addict. Um, I liked Gabor Mate's um, shame for ourselves is replaced by a sense of responsibility. We move from powerlessness to strength. Those few details that haunted me 
um, wrongdoings to people to, to share to, to examine those again years later um, was was really helpful in putting them to to rest, recognizing those patterns and um, doing what I could with them and getting ready to move into there's letting go of what I need to let go of and and taking responsibility for what I could do. So I love that. Um, and I really, really like the, the piece about um, Serge Pringles. Um, you have a sense of spaciousness and acceptance. And I think that that those things take up space. They really take up space that could be better, better um, used as I move forward um, with intention instead of being pulled by the past. So yeah, I really like the spaciousness and acceptance. And um, accepting is what gives you the capacity to change because that is, that's, I think is the key for me. Anything that feels stuck is, uh, you know, there's attention needed to be, my attention needs to go there for some reason. Something needs to be looked at, felt, dealt with, um, accepted so that I can have that space to move forward. With that, I shall pass. Thank you. Thanks, Don. Kate. Um, Kate is still a food addict. Um, I I liked um, a lot of these. Uh, I loved um, Alan Berger's uh, authenticity. I loved the humility aspect and the authenticity as well because I am constantly putting up some kind of. I love connecting with people, but I do put up. A, a mask um, and the principle of this step integrity and the concept of authenticity really really um, is attractive to me and then um, I like a lot of, of the other things um, and I like the surf Pringo you have a sense of spaciousness and acceptance and accepting what is gives you the capacity to change the that that safety, that acceptance uh, makes room for me to be able to look at alternatives to my patterns and how I've been. And I will pass. Thank you. Thanks, Kate. Maybe I'll talk for a second and that'll give someone else a chance to put their hand up. The The word self-disclosure in Ellen Berger's really jumped out at me this morning and is making me think about not just admitting to another person the secrets that we have in the back of our head, but being able to recognize ourselves, the, the, the lies we tell ourselves and the things about ourselves that we don't realize or recognize, such as those patterns of behavior that aren't useful. And I, I just want to think about that more, but this meeting has sort of made me recognize that, you know, we all, we all have behaviors and do things that other people probably see in us that we don't see in ourselves. And how do we access that information and talking with other people and building those relationships is probably a good way to do that. So um, that'll be what I'm thinking about later on today. Uh, thank you for the opportunity to be prompted by that this morning. That's about all the time we have for today. Thank you all for participating in this group. Together we get better. Thank you for joining us today. If you'd like to support our efforts, please visit secularovereaters.org and consider making a donation. Thank you.